Actually, any advancement in Krishna consciousness takes place by the special mercy of Krishna. Atapite Deva Padambujaya Baya Lishana Grihita Eva Hi. Atapite Deva Padambuja Dvaya Prasada Lishana Grihita Eva Hi Prasada Lesha. If someone who had just a, a trace, a Lesha of Prasad, of the Lord's favor, Prasada Lishana Grihita Eva Hi, um, Janati Tatvam Bhagavan Mahim no Nachanya Eko Picharam Vachinvan. Then one, one can understand Krishna by his grace. However, if one tries to use one's own faculties, intellectual or sensual faculties, then uh, it's impossible to understand Krishna. So I was appreciating how um, wherever one goes, wherever I go, I see in spiritual circles that those who have... Uh, the wherewithal to sit down tight and hear Krishna Kata. They have a seat, this uh, preferred seat that they sit in. Uh, they come and they sit in the same seat every time and uh, they're there just to hear. That's the method through which the, the prasad enters one's heart and enters one's life in a profound way and affects everything. Uh, Lord Brahma, in his prayers uh, to Krishna, says, what's the verse? Get the um, books. Stane sita shudikatam tanavan manobir, ye prayaso jita jito pyasitaistri lokyam. Gyane prayasam urapasya namanta eva jivanti san mukaritam vadiya vartam. Stane sita shudikatam tanavan manobir. So, Brahma says, and he's the most intelligent, that don't try to understand Krishna by your intellect. Give up any kind of speculation, but do find a seat. Stane stita. Stita means to stay in one's position, or it means to find a place to sit. It's tight. Sit tight. Find your seat. In the, where there's Krishna Kata going on, get a seat in that assembly and you sit there. And you come day after day, week after week, and listen. And if you do that, stanestita shrutikatam, just hear. Shrutikatam tanuvan manobir. And you worship that sound vibration with your body, mind, and words. Worship it. Then, such a person will come to the perfect stage just by hearing. Jita Jito means that person will be able to conquer the unconquerable. Krishna becomes, according to the Bhagavatam, embedded in the heart of somebody who submissively listens to Bhagavat Kata. Dharma Kaitavotra Paramo Nirmatsaranam Satam Vedyam Vastamam Atrasivanam Tapun Trayam Mulanam. Such a kata uproots the threefold miseries. There's no other way. You can't solve it by trying to figure it out or trying to get an attorney or get a psychologist. Although, I mean, sometimes you need 
an attorney or a psychologist, but it's not going to fix it completely. Tapam trayamun Srimad Bhagavate Mahamuni Krim Kim Vaprayarishvaraha Sadyo Hridyavarudyate Trakiti Bishushubishtakshanad. So it says Sadyo Hridyavarudyate means that when you hear Bhagavatam submissively, then Krishna becomes established in your heart. You're sitting down tight in one spot, you choose your seat, you're always there, and then Krishna will choose his seat, and that's in your heart. He won't move. That's what it means. It's very poetical, but very profound. It's saying Krishna sits down, he won't, he won't leave you, because you're hearing Bhagavad Kata. In fact, even if you hear once, he won't leave now. You hear what to speak of day after day, week after week. You choose your seat, you sit there, you won't move, and you're attentive, you're submissive to hearing the sound. You worship it with your, with your body mind, and you bow your head before that message because you know it's coming from a divine source. Tadvag visago janataga viplavo yasmin prati kitaniyan. Shrinvanti Gayanti Granti Sarva. Shrintan Shrinvanti Gayanti Granti Sarva. This message, which is not from this world, it's from a different world altogether. Tadvagvitsargo Janataga. It's it's from a, another creation. It's not from the material world. Shrinvanti Gayanti, you those people who are thoroughly honest with themselves that hey look at I made a wrong turn, I'm in the material world. And I, I, I need to surrender to Krishna. And they listen. Shinvanti, Gayanti, they hear it, they sing it. Granante, they accept it. Sadhava, these are the sadhus. So those, those people, it, uh, they go on hearing and chanting. And the, the message itself, not only does it affect those people who are sitting down tight to hear it, but everybody else will get affected by it also. There'll be a... a Radiance coming from those who hear it, and the message will, the sound vibration will spill out into human society. What to speak of of those who propagate it? That's their business. What do you do? I sell Bhagavatam. And uh, we were thinking last night. Nirkula was thinking about how Krishna comes uh, whenever he wants to to this material world. He makes his avatar. So it's mentioned that the Bhagavatam is an avatar of Krishna. He's just appeared recently. But Krishna can appear whenever he wants. It's not that he always appears at every second. But we were thinking last night that it's, it's remarkable that we're here right when he's made his avatar as the Bhagavatam. I mean, he appeared as the Bhagavatam, but now it's so available. By Prabhupada, Prabhupada made it manifest deliberately. He took the, the ship from... Uh, the uh, docks in Calcutta on the Ganges and then it went out into the ocean and he came across and the whole way this intention was he wrote, wrote down his intention and make sure the Bhagavatam gets out to everybody and uh, little did his wife know how into the Bhagavatam he was when she got rid of his Bhagavatam he said that's it I'm out <laughs> so I just sold it for something I, we needed the money it's like okay goodbye um, so th we're here at the time when Bhagavatam is, it, you can pick up a phone or get on the uh, Skype and you can say, please give me 1,000 sets of Srimad Bhagavatam, all 12 cantos. 
and it'll be there within a week. And so that is an opportunity that can't be missed. And uh, to hear Bhagavatam and to distribute Bhagavatam, this is the main occupation for those who are in the know about the, the ultimate, attaining the ultimate purpose of life. Hare Krishna. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Divinity and divine service. Divinity and divine service. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Now, a worthy occupation for those who like to challenge themselves is to memorize the second chapter of the Bhagavatam, Divinity and Divine Service. Because if you memorize this chapter, then when you go back to Godhead, if somebody questions you, do you know the second chapter of the Bhagavatam? They say, yeah, I know the whole thing. I learned it at ISV. And they'll go, okay, you can come in. <laughs> That's Ketotut. Although that's nice too, we can also do those chapters. But this chapter, Divinity and Divine Service, I think you can do it in Russian. Advanced for you because you're all advanced. Yasuvacha Iti Samprashna Samprishto Vipranam Romaharshani Pratipuja vachastesham pravaktum upachakrame. Is that too low? Is that right for all? Yam tuvacha yam pravajantam manupetam apetakrityam dvaipayano viraha kartara ajuhava putre titan mayataya taravo binedus. Tam sarva bhuta riyam munim anatosmi. Yasvanu bhava makila shuti sara mekam. Adhyatma deepam atitir shatam tamondam. Samsarinam karuna yaha purana kuyam. Tam vyasa sunum upayami gurum muninam. Narayanam namaskritya. Naram chaiva narotamam. Devim Sarasatim Vyasam Tato Jayam Udirayet Munaya Sadhu Prishtoham Pavadbhir Lokamangalam Yakrita Krishna Samprashno Yinatma Suprasiditi Savai Pumsam Paro Dharmo Yato Bhaktir Adhoksaje Ahaitu Kya Pratyata Yatma suprasidati Vasudeve Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayojitaha Janayat Yashuvai Ragyam Yanam Chayadahaitukam Tarama Swanushtita Pumsam Vishvaksena Katasuya Notpada Yed Yediratim Shrama Eva Hikevalam Dharmasya hyapavargasya nartarta yopakalpate nartasya dharmaikantasya kamalabhaya hismitaha kamasya nendriya pritir 
Labo jiveta yavata jivasya tattva jignasa narto yascheha karmabhi vadanti tat tattva vidas tattvam yajnana madvayam prameti paramatmeti vagavaniti shabdyate tachadadhana munayo Jnana Vairagya Yuktaya Pashyantyatmani Chatmanam Bhaktya Shruta Grihitaya Atapumbir Dvija Shreshta Varnashrama Vibhagashaha Svanushti Stasya Dharmasya Sangsadhir Haritoshanam Tasmadekena Manasa Bhagavan Sattva Tampati Shrotavya Kirtitavyascha Dyeya Pujascha Nityada Yad Anudhyasina Yukta Karma Granti Nibandhanam Chindanti Govidastasya Konakuryat Kataratim Shushushoshadhanasya Vasudeva Kataruchihi Syan Mahat Sevaya Vipra Punyatirta Neshevanan Shinvatam Sakata Krishna Punya Shavana Kirtana Ridyan Takstohya Padrani Vidunoti Suhritsatam Nashta Praeshu Padreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavat Yuttama Shloke Paktir Bhavati Naishtaki Tadarajastamo Bhava Kamaloba Dayaschaye Cheta Etera Navitam Stitam Satve Prasidati Evam Prasanna Manaso Bhagavad Bhakti Yogataha Bhagavad Tatva Vignanam Mukta Sangasya Jayate Vidyatera Grantish Chijante Sarvasam Shaya Shiyante Chasya Karmani Krishnevatmanishvare Atovai Kavayo Nityam Bhaktim Paramaya Muda Asudeve Bhagavati Kurvantyatma Prasadanim Satvam Rajasthamayiti Prakritir Gunastair Yukta Pada Purusha Eka Ihasyadate Stityadeye Hari Varinshi Hariti Samja Shayamsi Tatra Kaldu Satva Tanor Nrinam Suhu Partivadarano Dumas Tasmanagnistrayi Mayaha Tamasastura Justasmat Satvam yad pramadarshanam Bejare munayo tagre Bhagavantam adhoksajam Satvam vishudham shemaya Kalpante yenutanha Mamukshavo kaura rupan Hitva bhuta patinata Narayana shanta Bhajantihyana suyavam Rajasthama prakritaya samashila bhajantivai pitrir bhuta pajeshadin 
Shriya Prajep Savaha Vasudeva Paraveda Vasudeva Paramakaha Vasudeva Parayoga Vasudeva Parakriyaha Vasudeva Param Gyanam Vasudeva Param Tapaha Vasudeva Parodharamo Vasudeva Paragatihi Sa evedam sasarjagre vogavanat mamayaya sarasadrupaya chasau gunamaya guno vibhu taya vilastiteshweshu guneshu gunavaniva antak pravishta abhati vignanena vrajimbritaha yata yavahito vanir Darushweka Swayonishu Naneva Pati Vishvatma Uteshu Chatapuman Asau Gunamayer Bavir Buta Sukshmendriyatmabi Swanir Miteshu Nirvishto Punkte Buteshu Tadgunan Bavayat Yesha Satvena Lokan Vai Lokabhavana Lilava Taranurato Devatiryanaradishu. Do you have the colophon? You should make a, a PBT with a colophon. It's somewhere, right? Okay, let's see the English. See, if you do that once a day, chant that chapter once a day, there's no telling what might happen. Except for Prabhupada in Hawaii said that if you chant one chapter of Bhagavatam every day, then you'll go back home back to Godhead. And then he asked everybody, will you do it? And they said, yes, Prabhupada. And then he asked two more times. And my sister, Bhavacharini, told me. Actually, she told everybody. It's on the memory tapes. She said, Prabhupada asked three times, and everyone said, yes, Prabhupada. And she said that was an amazing offer. That if you just chant one chapter of Bhagavatam a day, you'll go back to God. And she said even more amazing was nobody did it. <laughs> so these things are there for the taking. Anyone who decides in the nectar of instruction, it is said that Rupa Goswami quotes this from one of the uh, Smriti Shastras. Said if you decide that you want to take your bath in the confluence of the Ganges, Jamuna, and Saraswati during the month of Magh. Have you, ever been in the, have you ever been in the confluence during the month of Magh? It's called Magh Mela. I went there. It's foggy and freezing cold. There's barely anybody there. But we went and we took our bath anyway. Freezing cold, and you get out, and it's even colder because it's foggy. But if you decide that's what you're going to do, and that's what we did, I went with my brother, God brothers Gokula Chandra and Madhavananda, and we took a train and then a taxi, and we got there, put our bags at the Gaudiya Mat, and we went down there, and we, we did it, because nobody could stop us. And so the Nectar of Devotion says, if you decide that you're going to take your bath at the confluence of the Ganges, Jamun, and Saraswati during the month of Magh, who can stop you? It's up to you. So he's pointing this out in context. He's pointing out that if you decide you're going to do devotional service, if you decide you're going to surrender to Krishna, if you decide you're going to chant a chapter of Bhagavatam every day, that's up to you. 
You're an independent soul. You can decide to do as much as you like to, to serve Krishna. Isn't that exciting? Okay. Together, Ugrashrava, Sutta Goswami, the son of Romaharshan, being fully satisfied by the perfect questions of the Brahmanas, thanked them and thus attempted to reply. Gita Priya, tell us what some of the questions of the Brahmanas were. Give her the mic. If you can't figure it out, then call a friend. What did the Brahmanas ask? He's saying he's satisfied by the questions of the Brahmanas. The perfect questions of the Brahmana. What did the Brahmas ask? They asked several questions. Six questions altogether. Uh oh, that mic's not on. This is disaster. <laughs> um, the Brahmanas asked many questions, and some of them were regarding what is like the purpose of life and um, how can we make the best use of this life in the age of Kali and um, how how the Lord, how can we remember Krishna and to... You sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to make a statement, make it definitively. And if it's wrong, you can go down in flames. Okay, let's look at it. Go back to chapter 1. You're going to look at the questions the Brahmas asked. They asked six questions. And the questions are then um, spoken about throughout the Bhagavatam. One, 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 please. Go one one four actually. These the first chapter is called Questions by the Sages. Who are they asking the questions to? How did he get there? Huh? How did Sutta Goswami get there? Anushri. Who was there before him? At Kurukshetra. Excuse me, at Naimasharanya. Ask your friends. Say it, say it. She said it. Fix the yellow mic, please. There it is. Roma Harshana. Correct. If you hear from authority, even if you're not sure what you're saying, <laughs> you're still right. Roma Harshan. Roma Harshan was there, and actually I just received from our pundit in the UK a um, chronology. Somebody asked the question the other day in New York, and I didn't give a very good answer about the chronology of how when Balaram came, he gave me the exact year and month. He researched it from the Padma Purana. I'll bring in, uh, I'll share it with everybody. And this uh, Balaram came to Naimasharanya, and Rum Harshan was still sitting in the, on the Vyasasana, ready to address the sages. But Rum Harshan didn't stand up to offer respects to Balaram. So Balaram could detect that he was wrong for the job because he didn't understand that the whole thing is about surrendering to Krishna. So there he is. He's Krishna. I mean, his first expansion, same thing. And then Romaharshan kept sitting on the seat. He didn't move. Didn't offer any, any pranam when Balaramaji came there. Everybody else did. And then Balaram noticed this guy is puffed up. And so he killed him. He took a kusha straw and he went boom. And Romaharshan's dead. And now... <laughs> All the sages said, but wait, Balaram, uh, Prabhu, we, uh, we gave him a benediction that he'd have a long life. Uh, our benedictions shouldn't go in vain. So then they decided that they would transfer the benediction to Ramaharshan's son, Sutta Goswami. 
So they transferred it to him and they put him on the seat. And what was Sutta Goswami's qualification, according to the Bhagavatam? Why was he qualified? Move to the verse of Vetatvam Samyatatva Sarvam Tatvatas Tadanugrahat Bruyushnikdasisishasya Guruvo Guramap Guyamaputa. What is that verse? Number. It's probably like. It's number eight. Go to number eight. One, one, eight. Here's why Sutta Goswami is qualified to sit on the Vyasasana. I'll say, please repeat. Vetatvam Samyatat Sarvam. Tatvatastadanugrahat Bruyusnigdhasyashasya Kuravo Kuchyam Apyuta Veta You are well conversant Twam Your honor Saumya One who is pure and simple So to to understand the science of Krishna consciousness one uh, must have a PhD, true or false? False. Uh, to understand the absolute truth, understanding the absolute truth is, is dependent on scholarship, true or false? Correct. What would you say, according to the few words we've heard so far, that it, it's based on? Being pure and simple, saumya, tut, those, sarvam, all. Tattvata, in fact. Tat, there. Anugrahat, by the favor of. Bruyu, will tell. Anugrahat. So, so, graha means to grab, and anu means to follow. So there's a sense here, mercy, anugrahat. Somebody follows, follows you and grabs you like they bring you to the to the truth anugrahat there's this sense of this uh, special mercy it's mentioned in the Bhagavatam Karbhajan Muni says 11th canto that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Mayamragam Dayita by mercy Dayita Mayamragam the people in the age of Kali says Karabhajanamuni, they're just like animals. Dwipadapashu. Somebody asked me that last night at Stanford. They said, is there any, uh, it seems like the animals, they're actually kind of peaceful and happy living in the forest and human beings aren't. So aren't animals superior? <laughs> Did you ask that? <laughs> so we had a long discussion about that. How Bhagavatam says, actually the Hitopadesh says that uh, Animals and human beings, ahara, nidra, bhaya, maitanam, cha, they all do these four things. They eat, sleep, mate, and defend. So animals eat, meat, uh, sleep, mate, and defend. Humans eat, sleep, and defend. But it, the only difference at all between animals and humans is that humans have dharma. They follow dharma. But, says the verse, it's an it's a algebraic verse, but if the humans don't follow Dharma, then what are they? Correct. It's algebra, right? So A plus B equals C. Anyway, the fact is that animals, like the other day I came in and I saw a little spider on my desk. 
I came in the door and I looked at him and he looked at me and and he saw me there and he goes I'm getting out of here and I was like yeah, you're, you're pretty smart um, not that I was gonna hurt him I like spiders but the fact is that but he, you know I could see he was a conscious living being with all faculties you know he has a little home somewhere he, he's got a little business going on in the corner collecting bugs and uh, that's his thing you know he, he knows what to do the only thing he's, he's not doing any budge on of course if he's in the room you know he's hearing some stuff but the fact is that, that that's not his intention he's just so animals they're just the same as we are they have the same feelings they're afraid when you approach their house and go like please don't wreck it you know let me live let my children live they all want the same thing we want but they just can't inquire about the absolute truth that's why when you come to the Vedanta Sutra, it says, Atato Brahma Jagnasa, Jignasa. Now you've won the, the, species, the lottery of the species. You've attained a human form. Ridehaṁ adam sulabham sadulabham, plavam sukalpam guru karanadaram. Yeah, now you have a boat. You can cross over the ocean. It's a really rare thing to get it. So, so this, is, this is really exciting. So, mayamargam, people are like animals because they forgot their dharma. Daiti and out of mercy, uh, the Lord ran after them. Lord Chaitanya runs after them. It means they don't want it, but Anugrahat, he goes and grabs them and says, no, get over here. <laughs> You're going to take this now. <laughs> and so this is mercy. To actually, uh, people didn't want it, they didn't ask for it, but you give it to them anyway. Or they didn't even deserve it. But, but Lord Chaitanya gives it to them anyway. Bruyu. Uh, will tell snigdhasya of the one who is submissive shishyasya of the disciple gurava the spiritual masters kuhyam secret api uta endowed with guhyam yeah that's important they they reveal the secrets okay let's see the translation and because you are submissive, your spiritual masters have endowed you with all the favors bestowed upon a gentle, disciples, gentle disciple. Therefore, you can tell us all that you have scientifically learned from them. Purport, the secret of success in spiritual life is in satisfying the spiritual master and thereby getting his sincere blessings. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has sung in his famous eight stanzas on the spiritual master as follows. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the lotus feet of my spiritual master. Only by his satisfaction can one please the personality of Godhead, and when he is dissatisfied, there is only havoc on the path of self-realization. It is essential, therefore, that a disciple be very much obedient and submissive to the bona fide spiritual master. The iconic figures mentioned in the Sri uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita for pleasing and displeasing the guru. So Madhavendrapuri had disciples, and two of them are mentioned specifically in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And one of them is called Ramachandrapuri, and the other one is called uh, Srila Ishvarapuri. Srila Ishvarapuri was so blessed by Madhavendrapuri that he went on to become the guru of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. No easy feat. And Ramachandrapuri, because he offended his guru, Madhavendrapuri, he became he went on to become a professional fault finder. It's a, it's a profession. You can, you can actually apply for it if you wish. 
And you can then spend the rest of your life finding fault with Vaishnavas, even with Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So at the time that Madhavendra Puri uh, was leaving this world, Srila Ishvara Puri uh, attended to him. Uh, and Madhavendra Puri was in an invalid state, but his disciple Srila Ishvara Puri had gone out of his way to take care of all of his bodily functions to, to just serve him in a menial way. And Ramachandra Puri, when he saw Madhavendra Puri leaving the world, and he heard him speaking words of separation, that, oh, I've, oh my Lord, Lord of Mathura, I've not attained you. Ramachandra Puri had criticized his spiritual master. And he said, Guruji, why are you speaking all these words like this at the time of a death? He said, you should be meditating on Brahman. And Manavendrapuri was so disturbed because he was in that transitional stage of going back to Godhead, meditating on the Lord in separation, that he said, you rascal, go away. If I see you when I leave my body, that I won't attain the, the destination or the goal. And later on, Ramachandra Puri, because of the seeds of dissatisfaction, or because of the dissatisfaction of his guru, the seeds of offense were planted. And later on, he, he had this tendency to criticize. So he came to Jagannath Puri and spent his time observing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's daily activities and then trying to find some fault. And one day, although he couldn't find any fault with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he invented something. He came to his room and he saw some ants. Now in India, ants crawl here, there, and everywhere. In fact, it's a pastime when you sit and chant Japa and Prabhupada's Samadhi to watch them see how they survive <laughs> the devotees going around and around. I mean, they're everywhere, these ants. So Ramachandra Puri came to the abode of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he said, ah, oh, there are ants in here. That means this sannyasi has been eating sweets. And this is not very good because the sannyasi should control his senses, but somehow secretly you're eating sweets, therefore there are ants. And then he started criticizing how much Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was eating. And now Chaitanya Mahaprabhu responded by cutting his portions of prasad in half. And all the devotees became very morose. And sometimes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when the devotees would come and they would complain, they'd say, why are you complaining? He's simply giving good instruction. And when Ramachandra Puri finally left that place, everyone gave a big sigh of relief and was jubilant that he was gone. So this is, these are examples. And of course, Srila Ishvara Puri became celebrated as the great um, devotee that he is, the, the guru of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by his sincere service. Srila Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur is sung in his eight famous, eight stanzas on the spiritual master as follows, I offer my respectful obeisances unto the lotus feet of my spiritual master. Only by his satisfaction can one please the personality of Godhead, and when, when he is dissatisfied, there is only havoc on the path of spiritual realization. It is essential, therefore, that a disciple be very much obedient and submissive to the bona fide spiritual master. Srila Sutta Goswami fulfilled all these qualifications as a disciple and therefore he was endowed with all 
favors by his learned and self-realized spiritual masters such as Srila Vyasadeva and others. The sages of Naimasharanya were confident that Srila Sutta Goswami was bona fide. Therefore, they were anxious to hear from him. So now, um, if we look at, go back to the, um, just go to the view where the uh, translations are for the ch first chapter. Several questions. Actually, you can go to Burini Buri Karmani Shrotavyani Vibhagasha Atasadyo. No, what is that verse? Burini Buri Karmani Shrotavyani Vibhagasha. What verse number is that? 11. Go to 11 in the full view. So here's one of the questions. Bhūdīni bhūdī karmāni śrotavyāni vibhāgaśa atasādho triyatsāram samudrata manīśaya bruhi bhadrāya bhūtānam yenātmā supraseditī. What does yenātmā supraseditī mean? Yeah. So this, the question is being asked here. Bhūdīni bhūdī karmāni śrotavyāni There's many kinds of rules and regulations in scriptures that you can hear from. And... We want you to tell us what is the essence of all of them so that the heart can be satisfied, so people in general can be satisfied. Translation. There are many varieties of scriptures, and in all of them there are many prescribed duties which can be learned only after many years of study in their various divisions. Therefore, O sage, please select the essence of all these scriptures and explain it for the good of all living beings that by such instruction their hearts may be full sat fully satisfied. Pur Prabhupada's purport. Atma or self is distinguished from matter or material elements. It is spiritual in constitution and thus it is never satisfied by any amount of material planning. All scriptures and spiritual instructions are meant for the satisfaction of this, of this self or atma. There are many varieties of approaches which are recommended for different types of living beings in different times and at different places. So on the SAT exam, it will ask you, A, you can be satisfied by, true or false, you can be satisfied by material planning. False. SAT question, true or false? What is it? False. Correct, okay. 1600 for you. There are many varieties of approaches which are recommended for different types of living beings in different times and at different places. Consequently, the numbers of revealed scriptures are innumerable. There are different methods and prescribed duties recommended in these various scriptures. Taking into consideration the fallen condition of the people in general in this age of Kali, the sages of Naimasharanya suggested that Sri Sutta Goswami relate the essence of all such scriptures because in this age it is not possible for the fallen souls to understand and undergo all the lessons of all these various scriptures. Now it's coming from the skylight. The Varna and Ashrama society was considered to be the best institution for lifting the human being to the spiritual platform. But due to Kali Yuga, it is not possible to execute the rules and regulations of these institutions, nor is it possible for the people in general to completely sever relations with their families as the Varnashrama institution prescribes. 
The whole atmosphere is surcharged with opposition. What is the whole at atmosphere surcharged with? Have you noticed it? Where? Name one place. Everywhere is not an answer. Give a, a specific answer. Where? At home. At home, okay. <laughs> the, and considering this, one can see that spiritual emancipation for the common man in this age is very difficult. The reason the sages presented this matter to Sri Sutta Goswami is explained in the following verses. Okay, so the reason the sages presented this matter uh, to Sutta Goswami is explained in the following verses. So here's one of the questions. Sages want to know there's not a lot of time, there's a lot of opposition. It's already been established that the, the age of Kali, everyone has short lives. So tell us the main thing. Burini buri karmani shrotavyani vibhagasha. So many things to hear, so many rules and regulations. And everywhere you go, you'll hear everyone say, oh, there's this shastra, that shastra, this kind of worship, that kind of worship. Touch this, don't touch that. So what should we do? So he said, give us the essence. And that's, that's the point of the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's the cream. He's going to speak about what is the essential information that you need in order to have success in life. So that's a question that's asked. And then they also ask, Kova Bhagavatasya 17, Kova Bhagavatasya Punishloke Dikarmana. Like who won't listen to this? Knowing this, how potent it is, who won't listen to it? That's what it is? 17? Kova Bhagavatastasya, 16. There it is. Ka, who, va, rather, Bhagavata of the Lord, tasya, his punya, virtuous, shloka idya. Keep going down. Worshipable by prayers, karmana, deeds. It's talking about the Lord's. He's worshipable by prayers. His deeds are transcendental. Shudikama. If you want to have deliverance from all sins, Nashunuyat. Who won't want to hear it? Have you ever noticed anybody doesn't want to hear it? Yasha, his glories, Kali, in the age of Kali, quarrel, Mala Apaham, the agent for sanctification. So in this age of Kali Yuga, the main way that you're going to get sanctified and be able to come to the perfection of life and is um, hearing this Harikata. But there's people that don't want to hear it. Who is there desiring deliverance from the vices of the age of quarrel who is not willing to hear the virtuous glories of the Lord? Purport. The age of Kali is the most condemned age due to its quarrelsome features. Kali Yuga is so saturated with vicious habits that there is a great fight at the slightest, slightest misunderstanding. Those who are engaged in the pure devotional service of the Lord who are without any desire for self-aggrandizement and who are freed from the effects of fruit of actions and dry philosophical speculations are capable of getting out of the estrangements, look up the word estrangement please, of this complicated age. The leaders of the people are very much anxious to live in peace and friendship, but they have no information of the simple method of hearing the glories of the Lord. On the contrary, such leaders are opposed to the propagation of the glories of the Lord in other words, the foolish leaders want to completely deny the existence of the Lord. In the name of the secular state, such leaders are enacting various plans every year. 
But by the insurmountable intricacies of the material nature of the Lord, all these plans for progress are being constantly frustrated. I'm going to read the last sentence again because it's really poetical. But by the insurmountable intricacies of the material nature of the Lord, all these plans for progress are being constantly frustrated. Insurmountable intricacies. Do you like that? They have no eyes to see that their attempts at peace and friendship are failing, but here is the hint to get over the hurdle. If we want actual peace, we must open the road to understanding the Supreme Lord Krishna and glorify him by his virtuous activities as they are depicted in the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam. So this question is answered later in the 10th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, what is the verse? Give me the verse. Look in the 10th canto. First verse that's mentioned there. Never to Tarsheru Bagiya Manas, Babaushara Shotra Manobi Ramat, Kautama Shloka Gunanavarat, Puman Virajeta Vinapashugnat. Okay, read the translation, please. Glorification of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is performed in the Parampara system. That is, it is conveyed from the spiritual master to disciple. Such glorification is relished by those no longer interested in the false temporary glorification of this cosmic manifestation. <clears throat> Descriptions of the Lord are the right medicine for the conditioned soul, undergoing repeated birth and death. Therefore, who will cease hearing such glorification of the Lord except a butcher or one who is killing his own self? Yeah, so vinapashugna means one who's killing himself or killing animals. They're dedicated to that very ignorant activity. They're envious of their own self and so forth, so they're killing themselves through the process of material life. So they won't listen, they won't be interested. Yes? What is the definition of, definition of being envious of one's own self? Not taking to Krishna consciousness. Asuryanamate loka andena tamasavrita tanste pratyabhigashanti yekichat mahanojanaha the killer of the soul. They try to, to deny the existence of the soul and, and kill the soul either by nihilistic philosophy or by absorbing oneself in material sense gratification and being completely oblivious to the path of spiritual life. So now we'll take some reflections. This is the, uh, the, uh, the point is the scene is set and this is Sutta Goswami speaking to the sages. He's been enthroned on the Vyasasana because of his qualification of being submissive and having heard from his gurus. And because they say he's a, a, a simple and submissive soul and he's learned carefully by hearing, now he's qualified to speak. And then they start to ask him questions. And the questions are then answered throughout the Srimad Bhagavatam. Those six questions are then um, become the subject matter for the rest of the Bhagavatam. So a couple of them we heard, the questions. One of them is, um, out of all the scriptures, what is the essential part? And then the other question was, uh, who won't want to hear this? Knowing that 
just by hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam, you can overcome all the anomalies created by Kali Yuga. Who won't want to hear it? Reflections means anything you've heard so far that stuck. One, two, three. Last uh, Saturday we went door to door <coughs> to distribute the Bhagavatam set and there was one person who was challenging um, and uh, we told them the advantages of reading Bhagavatam and how much science it's there and he says, I agree that um, this is really good book but um, how did they get to know this, how did they write this? Uh, I wanted to know that secret he was saying. So I just thought I wanted this... To, he wanted to know what? How, how, how did that reveal to him? Because we were exa explaining how the distance between the sun and the earth, everything is already yeah, written. How did they come to know that? How did they come to know that without having the modern telescopes and everything? And I thought the 118 explains it, that um, how they have learned the scientific aspects of it because they were submissive to their spiritual, previous spiritual masters. So that yeah. was well. Yeah. The self-effulgent knowledge, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu speaks about this when he talks to Prakashan and the Saraswati, and that is that there, there's knowledge that is, reveals itself. It's self-evident. Every system of philosophy or science has to have some axiomatic truth or some knowledge that reveals itself. And it's not that you can go back and improve everything. You don't have the capability of doing that. You have to accept some given. Like in geometry, you say, this is given, now proof. You know, make the proof. If you don't have a given, where are you going to go from there? So the same thing with our system of knowledge. We accept the Veda as eternal, and that it's coming from a perfect source. So now you may challenge it and say, how, how do you know it's true? Um, but if, if you don't accept some system of knowledge, then you get infinite regress. You can keep questioning everything as you go backwards, and you won't make any progress in any science. However, if you want to test it, you can test it enough so that you can understand. Doubting, says Kapiladev, is a function of the intelligence. But the doubts are meant to bring you to the point of accepting a perfect source of knowledge. And once you, you've discovered that, then you should be submissive to it and, and stop doubting the source. So people oftentimes have these doubts because they've been disappointed so many times and they don't trust authority. And therefore, Krishna says in the Gita, Vitaragabhaya Kroda, Manmayama Mupashrita, Bhavogyanatapasa, Putamad Bhavamagata. There are three things you have to give up in order to make advancement in spiritual life. The first thing is unwarranted attachment to the temporary material world. Don't be so attached. When you're buying a car, don't love the car. It won't love you back. Material world's not going to love you back because uh, no matter what, how much you put your heart into it, Prabhupada points this out. You serve Maya your whole life, and then you'll say, I want to go serve Krishna now, and everyone will say, no, 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 not so fast. You can't go serve uh, a Krishna. You stay and serve us. And Prabhupada writes in the TLC, teaching the Lord Chaitanya, he said that Maya is saying, no, you stay in, your, in my clutches and I'll kick you. And he's like, okay. 
so, so one has to um, become aware of the fact that the the material world is a, a temporary place. So then one has to also understand that there is an actual source of real knowledge and and if one tests that by following the tenets of, of devotional service, then the knowledge is revealed. As Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, a transcendental knowledge is so sublime and pure that, that one becomes satisfied by it in due course of time. And Krishna says, Tesham ivanukam partam aham jnana jamtamaha nashayam yatma bhavasto jnana dipena bhashvata. When you try for this and you enact the tenets of the practice, then he said, I'll, I'll reveal it to you within your heart. In fact, there are, even in the spiritual circles, there are imponderables. That is, there may be topics that seem very difficult to grasp or impossible to grasp. Like one of the perennial favorites for people to argue about, besides chocolate, is... Um, the fall of the jiva, and um, the fall of the jiva becomes a circular argument going round and round and round and round. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur says in his Jiva Dharma that in order to understand that topic, you have to be in chit samadhi. It means you have to be established in the in the higher self and be really absorbed, and then you can see beyond time and space. Otherwise, it's impossible to understand through the intellect. Just round and round you go. So the knowledge becomes revealed to those who are faithful to it, faithful to the transcendental knowledge and the practice. Uh, thank you. Real life uh, anecdotes are very helpful. And Prabhupada used to ask for these all the time. On morning walks, he would ask the book distributors, so what are they saying? <laughs> he want to hear it. And he want to hear, okay, what'd you tell them? And then the devotees would say, that's what I said. And then Prabhupada would give, the, the, you could say this. You could say that. He was very much engaged because he's writing these books and they're going out. And he used to do it himself. He went door to door. He went shop to shop. He knows, he's heard all the stuff. It's like, even Nityananda and Vaitacharya, they went. It's mentioned in the Shastra. The Chaitanya Bhagavat, they went door to door. A lot of people slammed the door on him. So don't feel bad. An avatar comes to your door. Hi, it's Ma Vishnu. Bang. <laughs> I got a TV show to watch. Would you leave me alone? It's Saturday. <laughs> and so <laughs> this is uh, actually transcendental work, to go there and be insulted. This is the, the highest kind of uh, spiritual practice. And if you're willing to go be insulted, what to speak, you know, the early Jesus movement became successful because they were willing to die for their religion. That's why Romans started thinking, like, maybe they got something here. I mean, the, the, the Romans were trying to crush the whole Jesus movement. But because the, the followers of Jesus were willing to die for their, per, for their cause, then people started thinking, like, it's more, it's more important to them to, to, to keep their faith. They don't even care if they die. That's when it starts sticking in people's minds. So what to speak of just going out and having a few doors slammed in your face, which very, rarely ever happens. I mean, you're lucky if you get a couple of them in one lifetime. Have you ever had it? You're pretty lucky. 
I can be, I could probably count on one hand how many people have actually slammed the door. And it's hilarious. I mean, you know, the guy opens the door. He looks at you, and then within a millisecond, he decides, you know, I hate this. And then, bang, he goes to the door. Like, how do you do that? How do you stay in such a ready state to reject the Srimad Bhagavatam all of a sudden? <laughs> okay, there was a couple more. Shraddha, you're next. So Maharaj, I was thinking about um, the SB 1116, which said that who is there desiring deliverance from the vices of the age of quarrel, who is not willing to hear the virtuous glories of the Lord. And of course, um, in book distribution, we come across <laughs> at least a few who are not willing um, to hear. And then I was thinking that in the morning you said about the holy name of the Lord during the Japa circle, that even if, you, if they forcefully hear it, yeah. and forcefully chant, and then what to talk about um, those who are submissive as they were glorifying Sutta Goswami as a submissive person. Yeah. And I was thinking about the spider on your decks. Yeah. I mean, if the spider was not submissive, then you would have just carried him and taken him and put him outside in the garden. But he was very... Anugraha. Yeah, Anugraha. <laughs> so <and then, laughs> but he was submissive, so it stayed there. And I was thinking that just by being submissive, now the spider gets to hear Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Chaitanya English, in Japanese, Ask the Vash series, all that. You know? If it has questions, the questions get answered. So just by being there, you know. Well, thank you very much. Yes. Who's next? Oh, Kitabriya. At the beginning of the class, you said that um, even if you don't have like a scholarship or even if you don't like have a PhD, yes, you can still like you can still do Krishna consciousness. It's not like something that you like need a PhD or a scholarship. Correct. And I thought that was really nice because Krishna is so merciful because he's just giving out like this knowledge, even though it's so like esoteric and confidential. But he just wants like everyone to know. So yeah. And, and really the approach that Krishna describes in the Bhagavad Gita is so amazing. We read about it on Wednesday, remember? Because Prabhupada paraphrases in the 10th mantra of the Sri Upanishad what the 20 tenets of the path of knowledge are. And it starts off with uh, being respectful to others and being humble. So this is Krishna's version of how you actually become... Um, how you avail yourself to real knowledge is so you have to be submissive, amanipam, adamvipam, ahimsa. You have to be nonviolent. You know Prabhupada's definition of nonviolence? What is it? Not preaching, <laughs> Not preaching Krishna. If, if you don't preach Krishna conscious, you're being violent. <laughs> That's a higher standard, really. I mean, some people go out of their way, they brush the sidewalk, or, you know, they wear a mask, whatever. But uh, ours is proactive. That if, unless you're actually doing good for others by teaching them Krishna conscious, you're doing violence. So, yes, nice points. Yes. Just relating to how um, you were talking about uh, this human form of life is the most, like, precious. There was this... Um, it was in the book that I'm reading currently. It talks about the verse. Uh, there's a, this verse that it talks about, and I thought it was really like relating to your point. And it said, um, "A child is attached to playing all kinds of frivolous sports, which means one's childhood is spent playing." 
As one grows young, most of the time is spent chasing after young girls and topics related to this relationship becomes the central theme of discussion. As one grows old, one's life becomes ridden with innumerable anxieties. There is one thing in common between youth and old age. Both the young and the old have a heart problem. In youth, the heart is stolen, and in old age, it is swollen. <laughs> and then... And then it says, in this way, one spends his whole life not paying any attention to the real goal of life, which is to accept Krishna consciousness seriously. Despite achieving the rare human form of life, one maintains callous attitude towards giving any, any energy for spiritual activities. One feels that at a ripe age in the future, he can take to Krishna consciousness. But that age, by as in a flash, all one is left with its... its um, all one is left with his memories of how the body was working the way he wanted, and now he remains with a simple regret. So I thought it was really reflecting on your point on how um, this is the most precious, and like this is this lifetime we have the opportunity to inquire questions and learn submissively um, rather than other animals that don't have this quality. So, yeah, it's a good point, and also it, it goes to the idea of why there's a stubbornness not to hear or it describes that stubbornness there's a preoccupation in youth with hearing about you know boys hearing about girls girls hearing about boys there's all this kind of interaction that really absorbs the mind and then later on as he said there's a kind of um, infirmity that takes place whether one wants it or not it comes and then one's simply battling against the demise of the physical and mental body. And as you said, the heart gets swollen and stolen in the youth and swollen in old age. One way or another, it's a distraction. So it's really important to realize that one has an opportunity and to take advantage of it. I quoted the verse earlier, Vita Raga Bhaya Kroda, Manmaya Mamupashrita, Bhavo Gyanatapasa. So Krishna says, Three things you have to give up. One is you have to give up un inordinate attachment, irrational attachment to matter. This is called asat trishna. Trishna means a taste or a thirst. And asat means the temporary. Because yehi sam sparshaja bhoga evate adyantavantakonteya ramate buddha. Krishna says that an intelligent person doesn't... Uh, become enamored of the temporary material world. Uh, he doesn't take pleasure there. He knows if it has a beginning and end, it's not for me because it's inferior energy, if that happens. And it's categorically different from me. And therefore, he knows that engaging the senses with their objects, becoming attached, is the uh, source of misery. So he doesn't engage that way. And the second one, uh, bhaya, means uh, fear. And the description of the f fear factor is that there's a way in which I'm afraid of my personal existence. I think that uh, material life is suffering because relationships, which are uh, distinctly individual, are ultimately um, disappointing. And therefore, one may think that uh, spiritual life and happiness means to be devoid of any individuality and any relationship whatsoever. That's speculation. And then there's this inordinate fear. Does this make sense? There's a fear of, of relationship, 
of individuality, and therefore one wants to annihilate one's individual existence. And this is called bhaya, or fear of individual existence. And then finally, krodha. Krodha is exhibited in this kind of unwillingness and stubbornness to take to Krishna consciousness because one has heard so many competing philosophies in the world that people come to conclusions like, well, religion is just the cause of all kinds of violence and things like that, even though empirically it's not true. Actually, atheistic governments and civilizations who have uh, like Stalin, communism, and so forth, they've killed many more people and been just as contentious or more than anybody else in history. This speculation that religion causes conflict and everything like that is not necessarily true. Human beings are inclined that way. They just use any excuse they, they can get. It's not the cause. Religion's not the cause of it necessarily. But there's this way in which people become very frustrated and then in anger they express this opinion that um, all religion causes problems. I'm not interested in organized religion. Blah, blah, blah. And um, on and on. And so a, a Krishna says one has to overcome, vita. One has to overcome these three misconceptions. Don't be attached to matter. And you can do that. You can become uh, unattached to temporary things by hearing about the temporary nature of the material world. Krishna says in the Bhagavatam 10th canto, Shruti Pratyaksham Aniyam Anamanam Chatushpadam. Where is it? 11 canto. 11, sorry. Shruti Pratyaksham Aitiyam. Shruti Pratyaksham. So he says, use these three, uh, use these four to understand that Vikalpatsa Virajade and become detached from the material world. Understand the material world is not a stable place. What is it? 11, 19, 17. Shruti, there it is. Shruti pratyaksham aitiyam anumanam chatushtayam chatushtayam pramaneshvanavastanad vikalpat savirajite. So this verse says that Shruti, Vedic knowledge, pratyaksham, direct experience, aitiyam means traditional wisdom. It's passed down by word of mouth. And anumanam, logical induction. You should use these four to understand that the material world is anavastanat, which means it is not stable, it's flickering. So stanat means steady, stable. And anavastanat means it's, it's not going to uh, stay. It'll, it'll keep moving. So the translation is, from the four types of evidence, Vedic knowledge, direct experience, traditional wisdom, and logical induction, one can understand the temporary insubstantial situation of the material world by which one becomes detached from the duality of this world. So one should um, cultivate this knowledge and understand that it's, it's not going to be stable here. If you think it is, then you'll be really disappointed. Right? Do you agree? Okay. Yes. Virajate means that therefore you should become detached. Such a quick question from, yes. from what we discussed in the Japa circle. Yeah. So, Sveka mentioned how like when we chant slowly, like our distress go away and we become happy. 
but then my question what happens is it it come goes in a loop the problem comes then i chant very sincerely my problem goes away and i forget my attentive chanting also so then again another problem has to come and then i have to chant so when will so what is this happiness is that talking so about so problems are our friends because <laughs> if you don't have problems then you have no uh, reason to overcome them so krishna sends these problems so that we can take shelter of him vipara santata sasvat tatra tatra jagat guru bhavato darshanam yat syad apunar bhavadarshanam queen kunti uh, states this to the whole world she reveals this secret of the devotees she said my lord more problems please where all the problems i need more problems because when i get problems then i really chant good japa and when i when i think that i'm cruising and i cop a lean i'm leaning out the side of the car i'm steering with one finger cuz i'm so cool power steering i got money in the bank <laughs> got a new hairdo <laughs> and and i'm thinking like i'm so lucky i'm so cool and then uh where's the japa oh, i forgot to chant i'm so happy i forgot to chant but when you're faced with problems and you know what to do who do you turn to but krishna it's really funny how nobody can help you in this world really ultimately only krishna can solve your problems other people you can ask them but they're like oh, i'm really sorry like hey that didn't help <laughs> but if you if you understand that krishna's he's so friendly prophet says over and over again he's so friendly he's there within the heart and he follows us wherever we go nobody else does that and he has the wherewithal to fix the the insurmountable complexities uh, intricacies what is that insurmountable intricacies insurmountable intricacies of material life only he can figure all that out so embrace problems as your friends you can write a little booklet called problems are our friends <laughs> yes it'll be a big seller um following up with what kandarvika mataji was saying today morning you were asking for reflections during japa um i wanted to bring this up but i couldn't um every um weekend we go out on sankirtan um so you're always scared uh, have you done your sadhana enough so asking for problem kind of a thing is going out on sankirtan because um you are you are praying very hard you know please please engage me in your service um chaitanya charan prabhu once mentioned this that um um anyway you are just an instrument you can either be a conductor a semiconductor or an insulator <laughs> <laughs> so he said that if you if you really depend on krishna then you will be a conductor whatever is coming from krishna it goes through you to the other person that makes an impact on that person mm. so we should pray to krishna that we are a conductor um, not a semiconductor distorted information neither an insulator so that helps a lot when we are chanting the japa it's really nice advice and packaged so uh, in in such a way that it's so enticing and consumable thank you very much molly and it is really the juxtaposition of doing sankirtan going out and uh, doing 
the the work on the street, door to door, and so forth, paired with sitting in your seat, finding where's my seat? I'm in this assembly somewhere, and I I come in there and I sit faithfully, and I hear these two things together, going out and coming back in. This is this process. These two things together. That's what gives one that dynamic tension. Because when you go out, as you mentioned, there's this. Uh, I mean, in the old days when we were young, one of my friends, uh, Sankirtan devotee, I used to talk about how we was young. So he would, he would always say, we live in fear of the bomb out. Bomb out means you go out there and you didn't do very well. <laughs> like, like, tried really hard. <laughs> How'd you do? I bombed out, they would say. So he would, he would say his, his uh, uh, sadhana was so intense. Why? Because he lives in fear of the bomb out. <laughs> And so if you have these two things, you can actually go through your youth uh, preoccupied with how do I keep my sudden at a high level so that I can keep doing my, be an instrument. And it'll just, you'll just blow by the whole lifetime. And all of a sudden you'll surface somewhere in your old age and go like, hey, what happened? And he goes like, hey, you did it. You, you did your whole life in Krishna consciousness. And that's, uh, that's the power of Sankirtan. If you stick with the, the process, you know, right? Because aren't we blowing by decades now? I mean, you look by and go, that was a decade ago that we started, you know, whatever. I was in Toronto, and, and they, last time we were there, it said, 10 years, we're celebrating 10 years. And I said, that was 10 years? That seemed like a couple months. But, uh, you know, there's 10 years. It's in a chunk, and it's not nothing. And if you get enough of those, you know, put together 60, 70, 80, 100, whatever, you, however long you plan on sticking around, that's, uh, that's something solid that, that will uh, give you the platform to go back to Godhead from. Thanks, Melanie. Who is next? Uh, okay, here and then Kamala. So this is Bhakt um, Ankit Vora. Hare Krishna, dearest Guru Maharaj, my humble obeisances. Ram Puri being disrespectful and disobedient to his spiritual master got the seed of offense and he was consistently criticizing the Mahaprabhu in Puri. In Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita and Sri Chaitanya Bhagavat, I see that when devotees are committing offenses, they are getting huge reactions, such as leprosy, body turning ugly, plundered villages, etc. Ramchand Puri didn't get anything like that. On the other hand, on the other hand he was able to hang out with Mahaprabhu all the time. And on top of that, the most bewildering thing I have heard about his spiritual identity as per Kavi Karnapura Goswami is Jatila, mother-in-law of Radha plus Vibhishan. It seems that Ramchandpuri is just doing his eternal seva of criticizing Krishna. Then how is, then how is he offensive in this case? Um, please clarify this doubt, Guru Maharaj. Well, we get into this confluence of the lila and the uh, and the didactic nature of Mahaprabhu's appearance. It's his acharya lila. He's teaching by example, and where the actual offense starts and how it was Krishna's arrangement or Lord Chaitanya's arrangement ends. It's hard to say, but we're really meant to take the lesson. For instance, in the story of Chota Haridas, everyone always like what and. The acharyas say, 
Mahaprabhu did this because he's in his Acharya Leela. He wants to teach everybody be really careful. And it seems inordinate what Chota Haridas, but Mahaprabhu did it for a reason. It sticks. Everyone talks about it. And they realize that it's, it's not a sentimental um, movement. You can't take the renounced order of life and then uh, cheat at the same time. So he made that really clear. Ramachandra Puri um, is infamous. There's, it's not that he's glorified in the Shastra. Everywhere everyone says Ramachandra Puri, it's obvious that he made an offense to his guru. The way that, Pro, that Mahaprabhu positions various um, personalities is uh, for teaching. And at the same time, you know, we, we can't take it that... Um, we, we should ultimately take the lesson that's coming from that and not try to uh, cross over and say, well, it doesn't matter because it's in the Leela. Best I can do for now. Kamala? Hare Krishna. Thank you, Maharaj, for a great class. Um, I wanted to find out, like the first one you said is the detachment, but the second one, the fear, which I did not understand at all. I know you asked whether... You okay, for so fear. Uh, there was this... Um, person, Japanese, who stayed with Saidev and Mahaguna for some time. They uh, very generously always op opened their home to many different kinds of people to stay there. This was about 15, 20 years ago. I remember this very clearly. They had a, I think she was working in America. Somehow she was uh, had some connection with Mahaguna. And she came to stay. They allowed her to stay at th their house for a while. And she had some spiritual practice, but she was intensely eager to achieve the result of her spiritual practice, which was to become nothing. And the reason that she wanted to become nothing was because she had suffered so much in her life. And some people express this, uh, how deeply they're suffering they may have some internal strife uh, in their heart. They struggle in their youth. They struggle in their adolescence and so forth due to various mental problems, relationship problems, and so forth. The material world is a place of suffering. Some people feel it much more acutely than others. And she, as a representative of this idea, had wholly given herself to the idea of, I'll find relief by annihilating myself. Some people do it philosophically and they say the ultimate um, reality is uh, anatmana. There's no atma. It's, uh, it's a, actually just a, temp a temporary and a random uh, combination of circumstances through which someone somewhere or whatever that consciousness is, is perceiving that there's some variety in the world, but ultimately when one achieves the result of the spiritual practice, then one no longer perceives anything, just merges into nothingness, nihilism. So this is a, a kind of fear of material existence. Prophet says it like this, man's in the hospital. It's full of tubes and little, or as uh, Mukunda Dutta Prabhu said, remember, he goes, anyway, everyone's life ends um, in a hospital bed next to a beeping pole. <laughs> 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 
So here's the guy in the hospital next to a beeping pole, and he's got tubes coming out of every orifice. Dane Payne is like, <laughs> and and then and then someone says, you know, you're going to be better soon, and he can't even fathom what better means because he's in so much pain. Everything hurts. Every bodily function hurts. It's so painful. So they say, you're going to be normal. You'll have normal evacuation, digestion, everything like that. And the man thinks, I don't want it. I can't imagine that I'll ever, ever actually have a healthy functioning body. It's just so far from his mind because there's so much pain. So then he's thinking it's not possible. So I'd rather, I'd rather be dead. So there's this idea that, that there's so much pain in the heart, the living entity of one life after another. Bhagavatam says poetically that there's an ocean somewhere that is filled up with the tears of the living entities crying due to so many reversals of fortune, life after life. And if you collect all the tears, it makes an ocean. And so with all that, you know, this idea of resorting to nothingness, of annihilating the self, just make it nothing. That's the fear. So when someone says, in the spiritual world there's dancing, and there's, there's variety of food, and all kinds of things like that, then the person thinks, no, nah, it's not possible. I know, I know what dancing leads to. I know what f I can't eat. I, eating, I don't want to, I want nothing. So that's the fear that one has to overcome. So then he goes on in the verse, Bhavo Jnana Tapasa. So he gives this formula in two words of how many people, he says, Bhavo, many, many people have attained perfection by overcoming these three um, stumbling blocks and they have, they have come to Puta, means purification. Bhavam. And Bhavam, they've achieved actual spiritual emotion for me. And how is it? It's, it's hidden in these two words. Jnana tapasa. This is the secret. So jnana means knowledge. And you get knowledge by hearing about Krishna in the association of devotees. And tapasa means that you do your duty. I mean, just like if there, there are duties you have to do to be responsible and it's a little austere to do the right thing. Tell the truth, do your duty, and so forth, do your dharma. And also do your spiritual duty as well. Not so easy uh, sometimes uh, completing all your spiritual duties. But um, this is the tapasa. You have to dedicate your life to that, that I'm doing it no matter what. Even if, it, if, even if my mind doesn't agree, even if I'm sick, uh, that's why it's such a big deal when people get initiated. They're sitting there and they're saying, I'm going to do this no matter what. I mean, think about it. It's a long life, right? You think, I, what if I change my mind later? It's like, wow, you just vowed to do that the rest of your life? That's tapasa. In fact, Papa, in one conversation, the devotees were asking about fasting on the uh, day of their initiation. And Papa said, you are already fasting. He said, you don't eat meat, fish, or eggs. <laughs> like, we don't even know it. We're performing all these tapasyas that most people are like, you what? You eat what? Uh, <laughs> they, they, you know, it's a life of tapasya. So these two things together, jnana tapasa. If you perform, if you gather knowledge by hearing and you do the tapasa, 
then uh, wisdom comes. And from wisdom, you can come to uh, purification and absorption. And there, there's no progress without absorption. You have to be absorbed. Otherwise, you're on the outside of the practice. And you'll, you'll look at it, and you'll think, oh, it's just philosophical. At one point, it goes like, eh, you know. It's, it's nice, but there's other nice things, too. That's what happens when you don't achieve absorption. You start, you know, like, you know there's so many self-help movements. They're all so nice. What's the big deal you guys are making of this? So you have to get that jnana puta, purification, and you have to come to uh, absorption. And from there, actually bhava, real spiritual life begins. That's when real spiritual life begins, is when the emotion begins to churn in the heart, like I really, actually, I'm, a to I'm attached. And we know what it means to be attached, right? Yes. Say yes. yes. Yes, so you know what that feeling is, but when it's for Krishna, then your life is made. Because that's the goal of life. And it can be done through jnana and tapasa. And one can come to that a perfect stage. Yes, Sukeshwari. Hare Krishna Prabhu. I just wanted to, um, you know, in connection with what Gandharvika Mataji was asking, um, I was able to do the chanting in the morning, like online, and thanks to all the life possible here. Um, while I was, when you were talking about the Japa thing, and I was thinking that when I first started chanting, I was, I really loved chanting. Uh, but after 10 years, I realized I never chanted. I only was just doing my numbers. Because I was reading a book on Gurijana um, Prabhu's, where he said that you just have to say the mantra, listen to the mantra, even if it's not the whole round, not 16, just one mantra. Then I realized, oh, I never chanted, actually. This is the way you're supposed to chant. And then another 10 years, and I was just thinking that, oh, now I chant, maybe out of my sixth, uh, each round, I actually listen to the mantra once. So I was just thinking that, as you had mentioned, that decades of chanting, and um, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful realization that at least I understand now what I have not been doing. <laughs> and uh, That's progress. <laughs> it really is progress. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, Bhaktivinoda Upadesh, Ek Bar Nam Rashe Matore. He said, just one time, Ek Bar Nam. Try to get one name that gives you that intoxication. If you can hear that one name and say, oh, I've been missing this my whole life, then he said, your life is perfect if you can get that. So we try for that. As it's a powerful realization, actually we were talking last night after the Stanford program about advancement and someone was saying that, you know, the more I do this, the more I realize that I'm inept, I don't know anything. He said that the nature of any discipline, as you, as you continue, then you start to, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. And there's a, a a phenomena that Vishnath Chakravarti Thakur mentions for the beginner in Krishna consciousness, and of course it also applies to other disciplines as well, is called Utsahan Mayi, which means uh, early zeal, or over-enthusiasm, uh, and that doesn't sound right, but the fact is that Utsahan Mayi means like you're full of kind of false enthusiasm, and you express it in the way that, like, okay, I know everything now. Like somebody first starts to play the piano, they had two lessons, and like, <laughs> I'm, 
I'm the maestro, you know, watch out, here I come. I know piano, but somebody's actually accomplished. They realize the, the, how much um, refined one has to be, how many times one has to practice, and so forth, in order to achieve a high level of, of um, <clears throat> recital. So the same way in devotional service, oftentimes people come. We used to call it, there was a name for it in the ashrams. It was called the pure devotee disease. <laughs> people would come, and after a few weeks, they get their tilak right, and it's like, hey, watch out, I'm a pure devotee. I got this. I know what's going on. But over a long period of time, um, you know, the struggles actually inform us of where the gaps are. It's very important to stick to it because the, the problems come and then you see like, oh, actually I have an artist that are there. I didn't even know they were there. I have a lot of work to do. So people, if they stick around long enough, they actually become mature and wise and compassionate also. Because people who have been through problems and, and solve them by Krishna consciousness, they're not only mature, but they're also compassionate because they know. And Krishna says in the Gita, he said, the best yogi, the parama yogi, topmost yogi is one who has compassion for the struggles of others and sees that what they're going through and therefore he, he, his heart goes out to them. Were you raising your hand again? Yes. I was just, one, um, one more thing I wanted to share is, um, you know, I've always been trying to read Srimad Bhagavatam you know, getting to know more. But I realized that um, just reading is has not been helping me. But if I, maybe it's just because the way I've, I have been raised that extremely academic, you have to study, you have to get good grades, you know, always. So I was just thinking that recently we had a Bhakti Vaibhava exam and then when we were reading for, when I was reading for the exam, I wanted to make sure I remember every point. So I would read it again and again. I'm cooking, I'll be listening. I will. I will. So it's always regard reaching the goal of getting good grades. It's not to relish Srimad Bhagavatam. But then later I realized, when I did that for a week or two, I, I realized that the Bhagavatam is so sweet. <laughs> you know, so but I was just thinking that how indirectly I'm trying to reach, <laughs> you know, through the way that you've been raised. <laughs> and that's okay. Whatever way you can approach Bhagavatam, the Bhagavatam will accommodate. It has, by proximity, will be purified. And oftentimes our motivation may, or our approach may not be refined, but the fact is, it counts. Um, who's next? Yes, Mayapur, and then we're coming to Prikishori. There you go. There was a question. I, I was in the car when I heard this. Uh, you use the word lottery for the species, the human form. Uh -huh. That really touched me. I mean, something I know, at least theoretically, but uh, the realization and the implementation. And the question is related to this verse, combination of the two. That, yes, you know, I've been hearing about this Durlabh Mahanav Janma since probably before I came to Iskon. And as, as the age passes, with this verse also, you know, to get, get detached from this world. I mean, somehow I don't feel, you know, that urgency or detachment is coming. We in a scenario where out of His mercy Krishna forces through, you know, extreme measures, 
But what is probably missing that the detachment or urgency doesn't seem to come. Is it sadhana or something else? Our goal really isn't detachment. Although this, there are various verses we can pick out, and it seems like what we're doing is about being detached. And certainly, I can uh, say that in the beginning of our Krishna conscious movement, that was the main thrust. Everyone thought it's all about detachment. And how, however detached you are, that's how advanced you are. And of course, you know, we went to um, great measures to prove our detachment in various ways as well. But bhakti is not about detachment. It's actually about attachment. Because the more we become attached to Krishna and the Krishna service, the, the more it's natural that we're not attached to things that are not related to Krishna. Bhakti parishanu bhava virakti ranyata traisha trika ekakala prapadyamanasya yatasnata sus tushti pushti shudapayonagasam. Just like when you eat food, Bhagavatam says, you naturally don't, um, you get full. You don't need anything else. And this relates to the experience that when you get bhakti, when you're attached to your service and to the devotees, you love the devotees, then you're not interested in worldly attachment anymore. And when you're, you're attached to your service, it's meaningful to you because you love Bhagavad Gita. You want it to go everywhere. Like, you know, the career thing, although you do it because you have to maintain your family here in the Silicon Valley with half a million dollars a year, um, you, you know, you, you're, it's not like your main thing. Some people love their career, and that's like their main thing, right? It's like it, it's all about the career. Uh, but you're not like that. You just work there because, you know, because you want to stay in Silicon Valley. As I was driving home with Anantadev last night, took me home from Stanford, I was saying, God, it's really expensive in the Bay Area. You go to the dentist, and it's like $350? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> and, and he was saying, but that's good in a way. It, it brings all the best people here. And he said, you know, it's doable. You can do it. Anybody said, if we can do it, we don't make much money, but we, we're somehow staying in the Bay Area. And also, uh, like, this is a, a unique place. I kind of got off track, but the, fast, the fact is that uh, we're, we're interested in attachment to Krishna. And, and when you have that, then naturally all the other kinds of things happen. Bhakti-stvai-stirataya-bhagavan-yadi-sas-daivena-na-palati-divya-kishore-muti. Next line. Anyway, it says that mukti, everyone, dharma, artha, kama, moksha, they all stand at your doorstep. So it's natural. In the, Bhakti is natural. In the, in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam, Krishna talks about the different paths, jnana, karma, and bhakti. So he says, for those who are uh, attached to the material world, karma yoga is good. For those who are totally averse to the material world, jnana is good. For those who are neither too attached nor too uh, uh, detached from the material world, bhakti is the best. But it's always... Uh, the best because it's natural for us to become attached. And if you just become more and more attached to Krishna, then all the other points are done. And if you militantly try to battle against the senses and uh, deny them, then you'll just become hard-hearted. Uh, devotees are sweet. 
you just want to take them home and like look at them because they're so nice. I mean, that's a real Vaishnava. A Vaishnava is like you just sitting there go like, how, how does a person like this exist? You look at them and you see like they're just, they're sweet from top to bottom, from morning till night. At every, every time you see them, even the way they walk, whatever they do, and you just want to be around them. And that's Sadhu Sangha. And they're, they're sweet. They're not like, uh, you know, dried up, on edge, uh, averse to everything they touch. They know how to interact with everything because they love Krishna. And that's the goal. It's not to become a hard-hearted renunciate and, uh, you know, give up everything. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur just brought in the sannyas thing just to impress the public, really. The Vaishnav sannyas, really Vaishnavs used to just, they take off all the accoutrements of the Varnashrama. And he reinstituted because pe people didn't respect Gaudiya Vaishnavism at the time. So he said, okay, let's put it back in. Let's put the Brahman thread back in. And the whole idea of renunciation, ours is about attachment to Krishna. But that's, you know, that is augmented Vairagya Vidya Nija Bhakti Yoga Shikshartha Meka Purusha Purana Shri Krishna Chaitanya Sharira Dari Kripambhujaryastamaham Prabhadye because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu proved through his disciples he had billionaires coming in and he had the greatest scholars in the world and they just gave it all up Tekvaturna Mashesha Mandalapati he said see here's the power of Bhakti Raghunath Das they were making billions and he could have inherited it all. The parents wanted to give him best wife, all the money, you could take whatever you want. And he's like, no thanks. I want Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's all I want. And same with Rupa and Sanatana, all of them. So it proved that that's real renunciation. But we shouldn't get the idea. It's like, that's what it's all about. Just uh, renouncing. Look what they did. They, become, they became more and more absorbed in hearing and chanting about Krishna and so forth. And then it's natural. Really, you know, if you have that sense of happiness from reading Bhagavatam, then it's actually true that you don't care about anything else. I mean, you, there are other things that you need uh, to, to stay alive, keep your family going and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, if you, somebody gives you a little corner with a comfortable mat and a set of Bhagavatams, and they'll call you for prasadam when it's ready, then what else do you want? And that's, that's actual happiness in life because then you have wealth because then you, you don't care about moving ahead in the material world and stuff like that. You're absorbed in the Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam fulfills all desires and it gives one that full satisfaction. Yes, internet. And then we're back to the... Is the SAT going on now? When did it start? Eight o'clock? Nine, ten. Two more hours. Yellow. It's good, it's good. I'm saying it's red, but still. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so this is a WhatsApp message from Madhav Govinda Prabhu in India. And, um, Madhav Govinda? Madhav Govinda. Wow. Our Madhav Govinda Prabhu, yeah. So um, my laptop just died, so I'm telling you from memory now. <laughs> Okay. So first message was from Jose Rios, the Jose who's with him, and he was thanking for such a refreshing lecture, and he was saying that after hearing you, he's um, revising his practice. Is he in India now? Yes, yes. Fantastic. With, uh, with, with Govinda? Madhav Govinda, he's unstoppable. <laughs> Wherever he goes, he continues his worldwide outreach in such a profound way. 
It's, it's actually amazing. It just shows there's, there's no, um, nothing can stop devotional service you're determined to, to continue the Sankirtan movement. Okay, go ahead. And then Madhav Govinda proposed his own realization is he liked the point about how Gyan and Tapa leads to purification and that leads to absorption. Yes. Absorption is where progress takes place in any discipline. So you have to get to absorption. And to do that, you got to have a little skin in the game. That means tapasya. Do the right thing. And, and continue uh, hearing. Then uh, you'll get purification, then you can come to absorption. Prabhu. Was that it? Prikashori, and then... I think it's okay. Um, you had mentioned that um, the struggle reveals the gap, and um, I was thinking how that could be identified more like a magnifying glass that you can actually see what's missing. And um, some people, they don't have the fortune of having such struggle. Everything's you know, figured out for them, and they're almost medicated to believe everything is okay. And they never get to um, dig deep into the reason why something is missing. Um, and one more example um, that I was remembering from Miracle Mataji's uh, offering to me, she said that when you notice something was wrong, you would be unsympathetic about um, figuring out the root cause and trying to solve that. And I was thinking that there are some struggles that come in my life, at least repeatedly, they seem the same. And I realize more and more that the problem is not with the struggle, but the problem is with me, because I'm not able to see it from the right perspective to identify how that can be solved. So um, I, I thought that was a very profound point. The s struggle reveals the gap. Yes, thank you very much. Nicely put also, thank you. Prabhu? Struggle reveals the gap. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Babu. Uh, regarding the position of uh, Srimad Bhagavatam uh, relative to uh, other scriptures, so I was, I was talking to a friend who's, uh, who, who has traditionally learned Shastra, he's learned the Vedas. So, uh, so when, when we were talking, I, I quoted something from Bhagavatam and he said that, uh, did you know that uh, the other Puranas, the other, uh, the other Puranas also glorify uh, themselves in a certain way. They, there is a certain premise that's laid out in the beginning, and uh, uh, the Purana says that you know this is the supreme uh, in, rel in uh, relative to the other. So, how how do you how does one counter this? Because, uh, yeah. Well, first of all, they have to because that they're doing their job. Because what Purana is going to come out and say, you know, this isn't very important. <laughs> because what you know from. All the Vedas, really, it's a huge project. It's meant to bring all the living entities at various stages of, of life to a higher level. So even the, the ones where it's emphasizing uh, the worshiping demigods, this, this demigod is supreme. The meaning there really is that f for this person at this stage of life, that it's important for them to take shelter here. The implication is that they're going to get faith in the Shastra itself if they take shelter in that place. And we can turn to Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is the, is the standard for all acharyas. And when we come there, then Krishna says, Trigunya vishaya veda nistrigunya bhavarjuna nirdvanvo nityasattva so nir yoga shema atmavan 
Uh, first of all, the Vedas, you said it's mainly about the three modes of material nature. Arjuna, don't concern yourself with that. It, it's, not, uh, it's not even transcendental uh, when you get to that point. And then, then um, we know the whole history of Srila Vyasadeva. It's there recorded of, of how he compiled the whole Vedas and wanted to make them available to the world. Uh, of course, the Upanishads are the first transcendental section of the Vedas. And then you come into the, the Vedanta Sutra and the various other Puranas. But even after Srila Vyasadeva compiled all of those Puranas, he was still not satisfied because uh, he had not so deliberately and specifically spoken about the Supreme Personality God in Krishna. That's when he meets his spiritual master. In the fifth chapter of the, of the Bhagavatam, first canto, we see this meeting between Narada Muni and Srila Vyasadeva. That's got some consequence because, I mean, Narada Muni is, um, you know, the greatest of all the Vaishnavas and the teachers and so forth. And here's Srila Vyasadeva. He's the literary incarnation of God. Everyone accepts that. And what is uh, the statement of Vyasadeva that, at that point in history in which he's actually compiled all the different Puranas? and had done the Upanishads, done everything else, and now he says, I feel incomplete. Why is it? Guruji, please tell me what's deficient in me. And now Narada Muni speaks. He says, you didn't actually specifically and, um, and robustly enough describe the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You have to do it more. So even the, the idea is that the Bhagavad Purana is even there, but now after he goes into his samadhi, he goes into a samadhi and he has a, a clear vision of Krishna in his pastimes in the spiritual world. And when he comes out, then he speaks what is called samadhi basha. This is the speech of one who's directly seen the pastimes of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And he relates those. And uh, then we get the Srimad Bhagavatam. Now, each one of the Puranas declares, you know, this is the, the supreme Purana, the deity of this Purana is the best, and so forth. But in the overall scheme of things, as Jiva Goswami proves in the Tattva Sandarbha, and he stair steps all the way up to show the relative nature of all the different Puranas that the, in, in the history, in the chronology of the way they were all brought out, Srimad Bhagavatam stands supreme. You'll also find a detailed account of this in the Briyat Bhagavatam Rita, in a very charming section in which all the Shastras personified are having a debate about which one's the best. You should read that section. It'll give you a lot of insight. And actually, the, the, Bhagavad, the, the, the Srimad Bhagavatam personified doesn't even participate in most of it because it's so beneath. <laughs> it's like, don't even bring them in yet because, uh, or in the Bhagavatam because now let these guys, the little guys, fight it out amongst themselves. And so Sanatana Goswami, Jiva Goswami, they all go to great lengths to show how the Srimad Bhagavatam is supreme. You can uh, understand the progression of uh, Pramanam verses that are there in the Tattva Sandarbha, uh, bringing uh, the, a clear understanding of, of how the Bhagavatam is the, is the ultimate uh, of, all the, of all the different Puranas. As I said also, I just got a history of the, um, the compilation of the Bhagavatam and all how it all hangs together, down to the exact month that things took place from our pundit in the UK, Kartik Chandra Prabhu. I can share that with everyone if you like.
Prabhu, did you get some, something to take away? Okay. You were mentioning about the inadvertent attachment to this material world. Yes. Um, I just had a reflection. One of uh, our colleagues actually was leaving uh, our company and he just revealed something that he said, did you all notice I'm wearing um, a chain? And then we asked, what is it? And then he was mentioning that there, it has a locket which says that um, after uh, he dies, um, he, he wants his um, body preserved. Uh, for uh, for the future, and then he pays about fifteen hundred dollars a year um, until he's alive. And um, because of that, but money is very expensive. It only preserves the head. And then he was saying that how he's hopeful that um, even though it's head, somebody will figure out how to grow my rest of my body. <laughs> I was just I was just reflecting how people are so attached to this material world that even after they give up, they want they still have a hope against hope. And um, I initially I was thinking, uh, what is this? But then I thought um, co some compassion uh, for what he was saying, and then I gave him the journey of self discovery and the science of self realization. And he f he f he felt so much of gratitude that he said, "I really love the spiritual books. Let me read what's in there." So I was just thinking how everybody's so attached, and even Google founders, they're also in the same program of preserving, and many people like that. Yeah, that reminded me in the 15th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita when Krishna is talking about the ways that the soul leaves the body. Ukramantam stitam vapi bunjanam vagunam vitam vimunanana pashanti pashanti jnana A person who studied this. They can understand what's going on. But he says, Yatanto yuginas chainam pashyantyatman avastitam. Yatanto pyakritatmano nainam pashyanti chetasa. Because there are other people, they haven't studied this, they don't know what's happening. And it's, it's so profound that if you study the, the science of Krishna consciousness, if you're a little introspective, you can see, oh, I understand what's going on. Death is not such a huge mystery for people who un understand it. It's like, yeah, she just left her body. She what? <laughs> Left her body? It's very difficult to understand if you don't study the science. So it's important for people to get the information because they, they don't hear about it on CNN. And they don't get it in school. It's not on the SAT. What's the difference between a dead body and a living body? They ask all these other questions, but they don't ask that. It's not really uh, pertinent in, in human society at, at all. And it's the most important thing. Prabhupada brought it up at MIT. When he lectured there, he asked all the students, he said, is, where's the department here to uh, discern what the difference is between a dead body and a living body? And everyone was like, what? <laughs> we did this program in, in Nagano in, in Japan. It's way up in the mountains. It was a really charming thing. This one uh, Japanese fellow, somehow or other, he came in contact with Christian consciousness. He drove three and a half hours just to come to the temple in Tokyo. He met Jai Shri, talked to her for a couple hours. He wanted to have a program at his house. So he, he, he got everything ready, invited his whole village and everything. We all met there. And we talked about um, Atmatapha Gyan, and we chanted Hare Krishna. And we were all sharing. And in the circle, you know, we're going around with the reflections, and there were two women sitting together, friends, and, and they liked everything, but they said, you know, this thing about not being our body, that's a little far-fetched. 
I mean, that's going a little too far. And so we'll have to think about this for a while. And I was thinking, that's the first time they ever heard it. And they're middle-aged. They never, no one ever said, you're not your body. And like, come on. <laughs> so yeah, the compassion is there. The, the, the real compassion is you know, giving knowledge to human society. Because if you feed them and they still think they're their body, it's not going to help. Doesn't matter how much food you, you could drive up with a truck. People win the lottery, and there's this description. This one guy won the lottery, huge uh, jackpot, and the, the the person who wrote a book on what lottery winners and how they become degraded after they win all this money, he said he, he drives up to the house and it's a big sprawling suburban house, like you know, twenty-five million dollar house, and he said on the lawn there was a a hungry-looking horse, because you know the guy just went out and bought anything. Let's get a horse. Yeah. We put him on the lawn. It's like it, it didn't feed him. He's just standing there looking hungry. And inside, there was a bunch of those, um, you know those games that you play in arcades? And the whole house was full of those things. And later on, the guy went broke and became really um, disconsolate. And so unless people get Atmatapvagyan, it doesn't matter what else they get, that they're not going to be happy. It's, life's a disappointment. Uh, one, two. For the la for the close. Three. Just a quick point, Prabhu. That um, Mel Robbins, he she was mentioning in one of her TED talk that um, scientists scientists also have made uh, some experiments, and they have proved that the chance of being born at at this time in this world at this place is one in four hundred trillion. So she says that even you're a miracle. So. <laughs> nice, yeah. Uh, Prabhupada gave this example. I, could, I think it's from ITM or for some from Purana, but he said, if you are born in human life and you get a bona fide guru, so he said, it's like a turtle, sea turtle in the middle of the ocean. And somehow or other, there's a board f floating on the ocean surface across the ocean. And then the turtle just comes up for air and it just happens to come up the exact time when he puts his head through the knothole in the board and he's able to get the air. So those are the chances of getting a human birth and getting a, a bona fide spiritual master. So you can ask her to calculate those odds as well <laughs> on a numerical basis. Um, you said that... Um Schools don't really like talk about the living and non-living thing. Yeah, um, was I wrong? Uh, I don't know because we did uh, we did like a in our in my science class. Yeah, I, it was like because we were studying we're studying cells, yeah. and so in our science class we did like like a worksheet, and like we had to like categorize living, non-living, and like um, dead. And on like the whiteboard we had to write um, like what was what was the definition of non-living? What was like like what was the definition of living, and what was the de what was the definition of dead? And so yeah. But so what is it? Um, uh, we uh, our group did dead is something that's not living. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a a tautology. It's called circular. And um. Uh, <laughs> Um, living is something that is um, alive or like breathing. 
and non-living is something that was just never living. <laughs> well, that, there you could, the other ones are just totally circular logic. But the last thing you said that where they are never, that is never living, you could take off from that point. Because from there you could discuss the, the point that there, there are uh, energies that have different categories. And some are superior and some are inferior. This is how Krishna presents it in the Bhagavad Gita. He says, here are the inferior energies. Bhumirapu Analovayu, Kamano, Bhudirevacha, Ahankara, Itiyame, Bina, Prakritir, Ashtara. He said, beyond that, there's a different category. And he says, here's the superior energy. He says, the above the separated lower material energies, there's the higher energy called the para-prakriti. And that's what's making uh, the material nature animated. And that's what gives it any significance at all, because if it wasn't for the superior nature, matter wouldn't matter. I mean, what is it? If, if there's no superior energy observing matter, it's, it's unconscious, it's dead. So there has to be an observer for it to count. Yes? Also, while we were doing them, that we were categorizing from living, non-living, and yes. dead. And um, we got one wrong, and that was a burger, because we put a burger in non-living. But really, the thing that struck me was the burger is actually dead. Because it, it was... Because it was alive? Yeah, because the, the patty was beef and that was a cow. Like, the wheat was living once upon a time. So that really grosses me out because when you eat a burger, you're eating a dead thing. So... Yeah. yeah. Well, at least there is some philosophy going on in the <laughs> school. One, two, three. We've got to hurry because we're over time now. Just a quick um, point. When I was studying biology in school, I, had, I was at a Christian school, and so they had many different perspectives of how to define life, given the origination of the universe. And as they declassified from the body to organ, to organ, organ system, and all the way to the cell, they said that science is never close enough, and as they come close to the cell, the concept of life just seeps through their fingers, and they're never able to define it. Yeah. And that was very profound, but it's something beyond what can be described in textbooks. That's true, yeah. Um, okay, were there a couple more uh, quick comments? One, two, then we'll have to stop because I have an appointment I have to make. Last two. One, two. Probably my question is related to the temporariness of this material world. Krishna repeatedly says that uh, this world is a place of duality. There is heat and cold, happiness and distress, day and night. So like, you know, he, there are so many examples to explain the duality of this material world. So because of the duality of this material world, the world is temporary or, you know, because of the material elements, this world is, is temporary. And then <coughs> having understood that this material world is, is temporary and uh, also in Srimad Bhagavatam, it talks about phantasmagoria. Um, can we, you know, is it sometimes in life we fail? Is it absolutely fine if we even fail in life sometimes? The question is, is it okay if we fail in life because the material world is unreal? Well, it depends what your definition of failure is. The, if one understands the ultimate goal of life, 
is to reconnect with the Supreme Personality of Godhead and is endeavoring for that, and that is the ultimate goal. Everything else short of that, Bhagavatam says, is a kind of failure. Dharma satam. No matter how successful you are in organizing the energy around you, the inferior energy, it's a, a kind of failure at the end because you didn't really do anything. But if you make a little progress towards Krishna consciousness, towards Krishna, then that's success. And even if you fall back, Bhagavatam says, there's no loss. If you tried for it in Krishna consciousness, but you didn't make it all the way, they said no loss. Because you get forward progress, you'll take it up later. So there's no failure ultimately in Krishna consciousness. But in material life, no matter how successful you are, it's all failure. We'll have to leave it there because time's running short and, and um, I still have uh, appointments to make and I'm still packing, believe it or not, because I'm leaving on Monday and uh, going away for five weeks, I believe, to Vrindavan. First to uh, Vrindavan for a few days and then we'll be at Govardhan. This year we'll be reading the whole Krishna book, Krishna willing, and then the um, eighth and ninth cantos. And uh, I'll be in Tirupati for a few days, the 15th, 16th, 17th. Not that I wanted to leave Vrindavan, but there's a meeting down there that I have to go to. It's mandatory. So I'm going down there. And my friend Divyanga Prabhu, who hasn't been to India, I think, in 30 years or something like that, is going to join me at uh, Govardhan this year. And I'm going to miss you all very, very, very much. Um, it's really hard actually leaving the Bay Area with my heart and soul, all of you, and the idea of of <clears throat> developing more and more the Bay Area. I got really encouraged by Anantadeva last night. He was saying um, what I always like to think about, this is the prime place for expanding the Christian consciousness movement. Don't worry that it's expensive. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Let's make it work somehow. And stay here and expand the Krishna consciousness movement because it'll make a huge difference here. Some of the best people in the world are here. Some of the best spiritual movements are coming here. And here, the most open-minded people are here in the Bay Area. So we should make a huge stand here in the, in the Bay Area and uh, really consider how to make it the, the, the practice of Krishna consciousness prominent in the lives of people here in the Bay Area because then it'll spread to many other places all over the world. Does that sound reasonable? Okay, thank you very much for all that you're doing. I'll be here tomorrow, but the fact is that um, what you're doing here, um, cooperating and doing jnana tapasa, this is uh, right on target. You're doing everything right. So please keep doing it. Expand the distribution of Srimad Bhagavatams. Put books together in huge stacks. Make sure that unlimited books go out. Don't hold back at all. The members of the, the Panchatava, they plundered the storehouse of love of God and distributed and ate its contents. And the more they distributed, the more it increased. So think really, really, really big and, and try to, to smash goals and don't hold back on any level, either in your personal practice or uh, expanding the Krishna consciousness movement. Every person you meet, think that this person is the next link
to helping us come to a much bigger level in Krishna consciousness. It always happens. Like Srila Prabhupada got George Harrison. There were other people stepped in that, that big Bhagbazar temple that Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati, one man came and he said, okay, I'll do, I'll do the whole thing. So just remember that every single person you meet is the next link to um, expanding the Krishna consciousness movement and giving them the greatest respect for their um, interest in Krishna consciousness and try to foster it more and more. Gopremanande Haribo, Vanchakopdurvascha, Kripasanabevacha, Patitanam, Pavanibyo, Vaishnavibyo, Namona Mahanantagodi, Vaishnavindiki Jai. And now we're going to roll up this carpet. We're going to have a Guru Puja. The kids can come out and they won't cry anymore because we're going to have Kirtan. And thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Thanks to everyone who joined us online from various places around the world. Please say Hare Krishna. Not to the Not to the Not to the Not to the Not to the